Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with my friends, Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Before we get going on this supersized ep, just a quick thank you to every single person that presses play on this episode. Uh, Whether you've been here with us from Jump or this is your first ep, thank you so much. If you have the time, like, subscribe on any platform you find us on, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us those four stars. Five, can you do five? Yeah. Five. Yes. Yeah. Five. <laughs> I'll take four. I'll take four. No, we five will take will five. Good. No. <laughs> five or both. I'll take, I'll take one. Just leave a review. I don't care. Any and every bit of love, we appreciate it. Hi, friends. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How we doing? I don't know why I'm nervous, but I'm nervous. These always make me nervous. And we've done a million at this point. We, but. Yeah. I mean, we don't have as much fighting in this one as we usually do. So y'all should be yeah. good. Still nervous. Yeah. Sweating. About being like, are you afraid to get judged? Because mm. that's going to happen no matter what. No. <laughs> I live From with Josh. you. I know. Yeah. I know that. Not just me. Get your arm mug. <laughs> Not just me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just nervous, okay? Well, so we debuted in August of 2020. So technically, 2021 is our first full calendar year. Damn. When we started this show, theaters were closed. Everyone was at home. There was no vaccine. Things were very, very different. I think we've learned a lot. I think we've grown closer as a family, if farther apart as movie fans. That's okay. <laughs> the show keeps going. But this episode is dedicated to looking back at the year 2021 in movies. So we're going to be counting down each of our own personal top fives, as well as some of the best performances of the year. Also, throughout the episode, you'll get to hear from all of the amazing people who have come on the show and been with us and fought with us, come back twice because they couldn't get enough. and you'll get to hear some of their choices for what the year had to offer. So it's going to be a great episode. It's my favorite type of episode. We're making a listico. (laughs) I love a list. However, before we get going, I do need to check in. Because last year, we made a few (laughs) resolutions in the new year. So let's do a bit of a check-in, yes? I'm just going to name off some movies. Mm. Give me a status update, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. This wasn't in the This script, is why we're Sean. nervous. Sean, this is why we're nervous. Yeah, this was not in our pre-show meeting. <laughs> it sure wasn't. <laughs> do you have any for you? I do. The first oh, wow. two. Back to the Future. I said I would do the trilogy. I only did the first. Lord of the Rings. Also said I would do the trilogy. I've only done the first one. We'll get to the trilogy. Not great. Not bad. A little bit of progress. Rise of Skywalker. Is that for me? Definitely <laughs> not for me. Not yeah, me. I still I still haven't seen it. 
<laughs> just checking in, just seeing how I we're do. doing. Look, I love Star we Wars. We do. I mean, we have a, a Star Wars up coming up, so I, I love Star Wars. But at this point, it's been spoiled for me so badly that I, I want, I, I, I actively am avoiding it because I know what happens and I don't want to watch that happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't Taylor, are you listening? <laughs> Taylor would back me up on this. <laughs> With what happens in Rise? No. Uh, the cinematic masterpiece, Ma. Is that would for anyone, me? Would anyone like to claim it? <laughs> I watched it. You did. I did. It was fucking fantastic. Yes, you did. I think you talked about it on an episode. I think so, too. It was great. I almost wanted to be her for Halloween. but Oh, my God. I mean, we didn't go anywhere during That would be so. so good, though, Mela, next year. I know. Year. Carry a toy revolver around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a little wig. <laughs> Take your pants off, boy. Strip. <laughs> and our final movie is The Artist. I, I, I didn't watch it yet. An audible sigh. That's okay. The best part about it, at least, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> it's right there. Um, I got another list of movies. There's two people we can be proud of. I am not one of them because there was a movie I was going to give a second chance to. And that was the film There Will Be Blood. I rented it. It is literally at the top of my Apple TV app every time I open it. <laughs> Ready to press play, and I have not done it. Isn't there a time like limit on rentals? If you start it. If you start, if you start it. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I rented it maybe at the start of December, and I was like, oh my God, it's down to the wire. Like every New Year's resolution, I waited 11 months and then still didn't do it. <laughs> so uh, we'll see in 2022. I don't know. <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Did you give a second chance to La La Land? No, but I have a reason. What's that? With each waking moment, mm-hmm. every every time I open that godforsaken spreadsheet, I'm expecting to see La La Land, Mela, next up on the list. <laughs> and so I'll be goddamned if I watch it three times. And so every time I don't watch it, it's because I'm expecting Mela to bring it onto the pod and she hasn't yet. So blame her. She actually watched it a few months ago. I, I, I did. heard, I heard some music coming from her room, and I was like, "There she go again." Watching. I had to just check in. I had to see. While you were watching La La Land, did you get a chance to rewatch Tenet? Baby, <laughs> you said Tenet. I don't. Why did I say that? that? Like, if I could go back to that <laughs> Mel, I haven't even rewatched Tenet. That's not happening. It's like the least likely Mela pick. Ever. Ever. I think in my mind, I was like, I want to. Girl, I don't know. I'm sorry, listeners. I can't keep that one up. You were trying to be <laughs> nice about it. I, I think, think, yeah. Because it, it had just come out and I was pretty excited about it. And I think you were just trying to be nice. Well, I had seen it and I was just like, I didn't get it. Maybe I should watch it a second time. But I think I'm okay. I think I, I got what mm-hmm. I needed to get. It's on mm-hmm. HBO Max if you want to Yeah, dabble. maybe. Maybe this year. <laughs> after Watchmen? Yeah, after Watchmen. Oh. Let, me put it on, let me put it on that list. Um, which leaves the person that we can applaud. Lacey, you gave a second chance and put it on your list to the witch. I did. Hey. I did. Biggest twist of the year. 
I re-listened to that episode recently, and like the the absolute fury you had in your voice when I truly expected you to be happy. It was yeah. quite a time. She was quite talking about it all morning when we recorded that episode about how excited she was to hear your reaction when you put when she put the witch on her list. I thought there was foul play afoot. I don't know. No, it is a beautiful piece of filmmaking. And then I don't blame you for not revisiting this if you haven't, but you talked about. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And that's fine because you out of all four of us, you're the only one that went back and gave the witch a second chance. (laughs) So we still got some work to do in 2022. These are going to, if you remember, I don't know what that phone company was, but the rollover minutes. We're gonna roll over these <laughs> okay. resolutions. Can I can I renege on mine? No. <laughs> oh damn it! Sorry. Um. So we got some more some some stuff to finish and some stuff to revisit. There were movies that we were most nervous for. We did episodes on West Side Story for Mella and Lacey, and we did an episode on Halloween Kills. We did not do an episode on Space Jam. I no, forgot. We no, we did not. Which I guess you had a right to be nervous for, and that's okay. Yep. That's my I watched it. I watched baby. it for you. I, t- I took the bullet for you. It's yeah. Okay. Uh, you and my good buddy Matt, who also owns Space... Him and I both own Toon Squad jerseys, and he, he told me not to watch it. And I was like, all right. All right, so we're we're done with the, the surprise portion of the episode. Okay, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> so we are... Oh, we just kind of reviewed everything we did last year, but let's talk about moving forward what our resolution is going to be for 2022. Even though we've kind of we got some homework to do. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. does. Um but what are you looking forward to and what are you working on this year, 2022, as a cinephile? So I last year I made the attempt to look at horror, black horror specifically that was in the past i didn't do a great job i think i watched maybe two movies two anthologies and one documentary Uh, but i could have done a lot more work um this year i think i'm just going to focus on a subscription that i pay for and barely use so i have a criterion subscription and i'm just going to make a commitment once a week to watch something i've never seen on criterion and chew it up digest it and move on I think it's a lot lot easier. It's more accessible. We'll see. I thought you were going to say Crunchyroll. <laughs> Why? Why did she say that? He said he doesn't use it, so I was like, fuck. <laughs> You're really going for it. I'm going to use that Crunchyroll. Um, yeah, Criterion. That's a an app I just watch the bill go every month. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch something. I'm going to watch oh, something. Crunchyroll is an app, too. I don't know if you... It's an anime app. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it's not oh, just no sushi. i don't have a subscription i thought i didn't i didn't think he just had an, a subscription to sushi i thought he had a subscription <laughs> to an anime watching app um so yeah one once a week that's minimum 52 criterion movies i think i can do it my resolution last year is watch more foreign films i watched a few not as many as i could have or should have i did i watched some foreign tv as well so dabbled uh, passing grade but not by much this year i want to watch just lesser known lower budget indie whatever you want to call it 
things that maybe don't get uh, a national ad run or you know don't get a star to go on Fallon and talk about it, but things that deserve recognition and and to have eyes on them. I just want to I want to I want to do some more digging and and find some hidden gems this year. Cuz I you know me, I I like myself a four quadrant blockbuster, but I want to I want to <laughs> go in the opposite direction from time to time. My new year's resolution. So years ago, I wanted to do this and I fell off in normal Carmela style. I want to watch the whole filmography of Kate Winslet and Natalie Portman. God damn. Yeah, they're both my favorite actresses. I started with Kate Winslet and I did not get very far. Um, (laughs) She's got a lot of period pieces up in there. And so I would skip those. I don't think I have to go in like any order or anything, but I definitely want to like check both of those off my box. Friendly advice. As someone who also has self-control issues, if you don't give yourself an order to go into, you are going to find yourself with eight period pieces to watch in a row. So I would maybe <laughs> tamper that a little bit. Yeah, maybe I, I should go in order. We'll see. I'll let you all know at the end of the year. <laughs> or check back in. Check back in in like six months. Ask okay. me how I'm doing. Ray was the only one to hold us to our resolutions this year and it it, it was jarring mm-hmm. when he did it on the episode mm-hmm. it shook me to my core like, like oh my god <laughs> oh fuck someone remember <laughs> i'm like scared to commit to this but i am a chronic rewatcher. like i love my comfort shows i love my comfort movies but then i wind up right before award season having like 82 movies that have come out this year that i haven't seen yet So my goal this year is to only consume new content to me unless we are watching it for the pod. Unless it's something that I've seen on the pod. So it could be things that I've never seen before that came out, you know, forever ago. But to to really open the door for some new stuff. Ooh, Oof. that's a okay. that's a tough one. That's, that's a, a toughie. One. I'm aware. Well, even TV. Why don't you give yourself one comfort watch a month? Okay, or even a, even a week. Should I do my other one? My other one is just to maintain my letterbox because I'm doing really good at that right now. <gasps> Ooh, do that. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> this is that one's hard. It's, that's really hard. It's hard if you try and like log movies that you just love if uh, mel i think you gave me this advice when we first picked it back up again is just pick up where you're starting off and yeah oh i meant the other one is hard oh yeah it's really hard but i also like we're gonna get to it but there are movies i never would have probably put on otherwise and i feel like i'm missing out on a lot of content do it so i'm gonna try yeah six months we'll check in yeah. I also want to maintain my letterbox, but that's not as much of a doozy. People Check be pissing me off on that app sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's, the best. that's the best app. I fucking love it. They're either hysterical people or the most yes. pretentious motherfuckers I've ever seen. No in between. No in between. No, like worse than you, Rashawn. Ah, worse than you. <laughs> See, Rashawn, you're wordy, but you're fair and you're your ratings are still you know you don't ever you hover around two three four like you're never 
There are people I'll go to their profile and it's the, the bar graph of their ratings is only in one, two, three. And it's like, do you enjoy anything? Yeah. yeah. I, I stopped giving stars because I just couldn't. I was like, if it's not five stars, I'm not going to rate it. Mm. I've been giving five stars easy. Like, oh, that was good. <laughs> I like the Witches remake. Five stars. Carmella <laughs> <laughs> be like, five. Five stars. Five. Yeah, across the Based board. on my letterbox, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm a golden retriever. Like, mm-hmm. just put moving pictures with lights and sound in front of me, and I loved it. Baby, hold, hold us accountable, listeners. Uh, we know. But Ray be will, gentle. But, but be gentle. <laughs> be gentle. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Hey, Corliss. Hi. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me back. I didn't know if that fight that we had was going to get oh, you know, it's resolved. Still bad, no. Oh, it's still bad? Damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you rewatched Midsummer? It was so laborious to watch, but no, I will not watch that again. I don't need to. I've watched it twice because I feel bad and I'm done. I thought you were mature enough to have moved on, but you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I see we haven't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) We have not. What have you been watching this year? What's, give me one thing that's stuck out to you is like your favorite watch, your favorite anything of 2021. You know what? I'm not going to say anything that I've watched before 2021. Everybody's raving about secession. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen Yellowstone? It has slowly been seeping into my subconscious. Like, okay. ads. I'm telling you right now, the character development alone for me is just... The original Americans that were on this earth, in America, in the, in the, in the United States of America, their stories are being brought to the mm-hmm. forefront to me in that show. I just... It's quite enjoyable to watch. It's all kinds of stuff. Have you would never think Cowboys from the 20s? first century would be going through what they're going through but they are dealing with it and it's it's good it's really good like i i mean there's been times i think i've stayed up with my boyfriend like till two o'clock in the morning and we're like you want to do another episode i'm like no we have to go to bed this is it's getting ridiculous this is getting ridiculous (laughs) kevin costner's in this yeah kevin costner my homie oh body god I, he did another movie with old girl from Unfaithful. Let him go or Let him go. That's the name of the movie. I've been wanting to watch it. Is it good? Oh, it's oh my gosh. I've always had a soft heart for Kevin Costner because Absolutely. I love what he said at Whitney Houston's wedding. And I just always liked him. I don't know why everybody gives him such a hard time. Like I love Kevin Costner. Like I remember I got in trouble for like an effort Evanescence, the group. Somebody made fun of me for like 30 minutes. I was like, what is wrong uh, with that I gotta group? go, Corley. It's not. I'm not no, trying I'm just to say like they need to be out on, like, I'm not trying to say we need to put them on the buses and advertise them, but I thought that their songs that they would have were like super, like, emotional, impactful. It, it kind of reminded me of the Trans-Siberian, that orchestra that does the, the yeah. Christmas music, and it's like, dun, 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 dun. you're like, oh, Lord. Holla, Jesus. I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something from the music. But yeah, I love Kevin Costner. And I and his character is so multi uh dimensional to me that I'm have that's what my, my tug and my pull is. But then I'm like, 
it's the white man taking the earth from the natives. And I don't know. It's just, it's a really great show. I don't know how they're going to end it. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a great, like, uh, band-aid since Ozark hasn't come back for the last eight years. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, can you so- bring the sugar? <laughs> if I were to be completely honest with movies, it's the Cowboy Westerns have been getting me this year. So, uh, what was the, the one that came the out? Power of Black- the Dog? No, nah, bro. Um, with all the black folks. Ooh, the harder they fall. The harder they fall. I was laughing from beginning to end with just their lines. And then another one I just recommended for my sister to watch, uh, Promising Young Woman. I thought that was a great movie. I was like, ooh. Like, I didn't expect that. And it was, I thought it was going to be something like, you know, this vigilante type of me too movement moment and it wasn't just that at all it was very like layered and i love yeah. stuff like that i love i love stuff that's brutally honest even if it means that you don't get the outcome you want to happen for that person yeah. it's still honest and it's still like mm, you know sometimes you don't get the bag of money at the end sometimes you don't win yeah you don't win you don't win yeah. so uh those types of movies have been hitting home for me but yeah, I I definitely feel like there were some good ones in 2021 that were wor- worthy of mentioning. Yeah. I can't think of them now. But <laughs> Mayor of Easttown was perfect. Like I said, Shang, I love him. Lil Lang and the Shang. I'm just kidding. Uh, and I liked uh, Promise the this uh, what was Promising. it called? Promising Young Woman. Thank you. I told you about the movie. You telling me what the title is. Uh, and um. No, it's not called There Will Be Blood. What is the damn name of the movie? What was I going to say, though? The Black Western. Harder They Fall. Harder there they Will fall. Be Blood. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be called There Will Be Blood. Because uh, that's a dope-ass title. And I don't care. Title. Anyway, it's a great title. Uh, but uh, The Harder They Fall and then Yellowstone has okay. really just changed my life. I love you. Thank you for being on. I love you. Sorry I was so long-winded. I just wanted to talk. To, I just like talking to you. I know. I'm going to stop this and we can still talk. But. Okay. <laughs> um, but have a great 2022. Happy birthday. People don't know I know. That. December 31st, guys. Check me out at the karaoke spotlight downtown. And you woop, woop, woop. Um, thanks for it. Oh, no. No problem. Before we get to our list, um, we all have five movies that we're talking about today, but um, we also have time for an honorable mention. So I want my co-host and myself to just rapid fire, throw out your honorable mention and give me two words to describe it. Tick, tick, boom, aspiring and heartfelt. Barb and star, go to Vista (laughs) Delta. Oh my God. Yes. Fearless and funny. Mine is Bo Burnham inside. Introspective and catchy. My honorable mention is Nightmare Alley, Guillermo, and Circus. Whoa. Very Some good. shockers already. Whoa. Yeah. Very shocked. <laughs> thought I had a thought I had a lock on this list. I do not. Tick tick boom. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar inside. And Nightmare Alley. Those are some of the movies that we almost wanted to put on our list, but did not make it. They're still great movies. 
definitely check those out. You guys ready to get into this list? Not even a little. Let's do it. Our number five movies of the year. You know, sometimes I feel like we're all cinema buffs to an extent. And we all had movies that we were really looking forward to this year. But the movie that is my number five took me by total surprise. Josh and I watched it on my computer in an airport on a whim. And I just fell in love with it. It, And that is Werewolves Within, directed by Josh Rubin and written by Mishna Wolf. It's a horror, comedy, dramedy, character piece. When I was trying to narrow down my movies of the year, you know, we've crammed in a lot in the last two weeks in preparation for this episode. But this movie just continually stuck out to me because it's so original. It's so fun. And I think because it did just take me by surprise and I had such a great time watching it. I couldn't recommend it more. I think this is the first time a horror movie has made it onto my list. Yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I'm so happy. I didn't know you watched it. Yeah, I loved it. It's I loved so much it. fun. <laughs> yeah, Josh. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't even realize that Josh Rubin was Josh Rubin until we watched like a sizzle reel behind the scenes of it a few days ago. And I was like, oh my God. Mind blown. But it makes total sense now. You did watch uh, Scare Me. Did we ever talk about this? I don't know. It's his his first film. I think it came out during quarantine. It's on Shutter. Don't recommend. All right, my turn. Lacey says she went a little off brand. She went horror for the first time on her list. My number five is an action movie. Uh, what I think is the best action movie of 2021, and that is The Harder They Fall. Uh, written and directed by James Samuel, The Harder They Fall is just a, a fucking western. Like, that's it to its core. It's got some of the best set pieces of an action movie in recent memory. Performances by Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beetz, Eddie Gathigi, fucking Lakeith Stanfield. In my favorite scene of any movie this year, the train scene, the soundtrack is unbelievable. I still listen to it just kind of in my day-to-day. Just pure action movie bliss from beginning to end. The cinematography is great. It looks incredible. Regina King. Villain extraordinaire. What else could you want from a Western, from an action movie? The Harder They Fall. Just popcorn movie perfection. So my number five goes to Spencer. Mm. Um, Never in a million years would I think that this, just like looking at the poster, knowing who's in it. The clips that I had seen, I would never think it would be on my top five list of a year, in a year. I was wrong. Like, I fucking ate this up. This movie is like a horror slash thriller movie about Princess Diana. The way that it's shot like that, I feel like just adds so much to it. While, because it's like the horror of being in the royal family and her trying to get out of it. Like, they really... They really did that. I think uh, Kristen Stewart has never been better. And y'all know I watched fucking Twilight all year. <laughs> so Literally. <laughs> Literally all year. I drip feed Twilight. Absolutely. So I feel like she was like 
incredibly immersed in Princess Diana. And I feel like a lot of people, what am I trying to say? A lot of people don't really think about her in that aspect anymore. They're like, oh, Twilight. Somehow, still, years later, because of her personality in real life. And I feel like she was completely stripped from Kristen Stewart and she stepped into the very expensive shoes of Princess Diana and it was fucking amazing. It's literally on our uh on our entertainment center right now, like waiting to be <sighs> so watched. Good, I'm so dude. excited. I can't wait. I wanna know what you think. Um I feel like I'm gonna keep the theme going with uh maybe out of the box picks, maybe yeah. I think that's I what know. we're doing here. Yeah. Except for like, me. <laughs> except for Josh. <laughs> Because my number five movie is The Matrix Resurrections. What? <laughs> Just Lena Wachowski on her own, um, bringing the franchise back. People didn't like this movie, and I, I I understand why. But I think just like Scream, this is a movie that really defies your expectations of what you're going to go get um, when you go to see a Matrix movie. They, the Wachowski siblings obviously transitioned in between the time the trilogy came out and now. So there's a lot more um, freedom with what their storytelling is. Um, I think they have reverence for the franchise. They bring back Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, Jonathan Groff is so much fun in the movie. <laughs> Not uh, what I thought you were going to say. Oh, he's fucking hot too, but he's so fun. <laughs> I mean, you don't get an action movie. You It ends up being a love story, which I think is what they had always intended in the first place. So I had a really good time with it. I, I can't wait to watch it again and just kind of pick apart everything that they're doing, revisiting the original Matrix and kind of doing their own thing. So I'm, I was a huge fan of, of the new Matrix. That really was shocking. I was not mm-hmm. expecting that today. That was my fun. That was my fun spot. Number five was my fun spot. So it was between that or Cruella. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Shit, I forgot. Good decision. Good decision. <laughs> Just watch it. No. What a lineup already, dude! What the <laughs> hell? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Raymond Creamer. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm always doing well when I'm uh when I'm talking to uh, one one of the cinephiles, if not the whole Fantastic Four. But uh, it's a uh, it's a yeah. pleasure to be here, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Last time you were here, we had a we had some ho- a Halloween chat. Yeah, we did. What did we talk about? Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the first time you were here, we talked about Death Proof. One of your favorites. One of my favorite movies. One of your favorites as well. You're you're a pretty avid movie watcher. Probably the most avid movie watcher I know. That's probably a fair assessment. It's not. Yeah. It's not a brag. I've wasted a lot of my life. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a waste. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you if you went, how many movies do you think you watched this year? Ooh, I don't have my letterbox in front I'm gonna of me. Pull, I'm gonna pull. I'm going to pull up your letterbox. You go ahead and estimate. I'll guesstimate um, two two forty. Two forty. That's not bad. Let's see what the Simba tattoo has been up to on the old LB. You have logged in the year twenty twenty one two hundred and sixty movies, two hundred fifty of which are features. So you snuck in 
snuck in a few short films. Those, them some numbers, my man. Okay, so the reason I asked you that, I've watched, I have logged 534 features this year. Right. Um, so which doubled. Doubled. Double, whatever. But what I was, the only reason I bring this up is once again, I'm not bragging about this. This is an illness on my part. But you, if you were to watch 534 movies in a year, would you feel like you spent your time well? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's not like you don't get anything accomplished, but also I watch a lot more TV than you do. Yes, you do. Well, in that movie watching 500 and how much? I think it's 534. I don't know. Maybe I'll squeeze in a few more before the ball drops. In that 534, what has stuck out to you for 2021? I really like the Green Knight. I really like Titan. We went and saw that together. You and I. I know you were uh, nonplussed. <laughs> um, I really like. That's uh, not true. No, That's I'm just oversimplification. <laughs> I really liked uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I rarely do rewatches, especially on on new flicks. Um, I, I watched Titan a couple of times in theaters this year, uh, but I also I did a um, a rewatch of uh, a movie that I would like to talk about today called Seance. Simon Barrett's directorial debut. Um, he uh, he he wrote such films as uh, Your Next and The Guest and A Horrible Way to Die. It's just like a really fun sort of horror flick. It has elements of slasher and elements of giallo, and uh, some some touches of a ghost story. But the ghost story is uh, spoiler alert a little bit of a red herring. But it's just he he has this penchant for blending genres. He does that very well in The Guest. Um, which is one of my favorite movies. And I don't know if Seance is in even like my top 10 movies of the year. I really enjoyed it, but I kind of wanted to do something a, a little bit off the radar, not only because it's an independent film and I think more people should check it out. It's currently streaming on Shudder. Um, but I wanted to highlight uh, one really cool aspect of it. It had an incredible teaser poster. It's It's very simple. It's very minimalist. It's like, uh, a group of hands joining to sort of uh, commune with the undead and they're all rendered in pink. And then one of the, the one pair of hands is just like a set of skeletal bony hands that's joined with them. One of the reasons I love the poster so much is that in addition to just being so striking and, uh, and attractive to me personally, because, because pink is my favorite color and it has just a really cool contrasty vibe. Um, it also does something that, I don't necessarily think all movie posters should should have to do this, but I really like it when they do, which is give not only like give a sense of the the tone and the atmosphere of of a movie and kind of hint at what's in store, but it also does something really special, which is that it is itself a unique piece of art. It's not like a, a Photoshop of a bunch of still images or like floating heads gathered around the title, but it's, it's something that I think uh, you kind of can't miss. It's, it's intriguing and attractive and it just kind of draws you in and it, it gets the, the, the creative juices in your head going. And I think that this, this poster is just such a great example of like, not only how to communicate a film's tone and the film has a lot, kind of a mix of tones. It's it's part horror and part mystery, and it, there's also an undercurrent of very dark humor running through it. And I think it communicates all of that so effectively. And on top of all that, it's just a, a really kick-ass poster. And 
you don't have to see the movie to get it. Like it's uh it's it's just very slick. And uh I, I wanted to take an opportunity to to highlight that. But what uh what about you, Rashana? Do you have any uh, any favorite posters from this year? Um I think there's been some great movie posters this year. Um the Spencer comes to mind pretty immediately. That had a really great one sheet. Um and it's also a really good scene in the film. Um the um like, the the one that's just like white on black it's her in her dress just like hunched over yeah yeah that's that's a beautiful that's a poster. poster um i remember the the eyes of timmy faye having a really great poster oh it's just like like a macro lens on her face there titan jumps to mind as well maybe that's just yeah. because i'm i'm a big fan of that movie but i i also uh i think that poster similar to what i was saying about séance it it does the job of getting you intrigued in a movie and communicating some of its tone while once again, still being a, a unique piece of art or at least uh, a spin on imagery that's uh, established in the movie. And then one, one movie I wasn't crazy about, but that has like a really, really beautiful poster and is also uh, sort of has a foot in the giallo space is uh, last night in Soho. Um mm. I know every one of these movies has a thousand posters because they have huge marketing blitzes. But the one I'm thinking of is like um, Thomas and Mackenzie's face in the top left rendered in blue. And then Anya Taylor-Joy um, in like a, a, a mid body shot uh, sort of rendered in pink that sort of fades into red as it reaches towards the top corner. It's just it's just very sexy and, you know, does a good job of communicating the film's trailers vibe <laughs> maybe a bit more than the film itself um not uh once again not too crazy about that picture but uh boy oh boy the marketing had me psyched for it well raymond thank you for showing up again thank you for always dropping by with your vast knowledge 534 oh boy logs of knowledge <laughs> i'm sure we'll have you back in in 2022 yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to uh, to see what we uh, what we talk about next. And as always, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all talk about. You guys, uh, you guys are doing great work over there. Thanks, man. Let's get to our number four movies of the year. Um, my number four movie is Mike Mills. Come on, come on. Mm. After 20th Century Women, I was ready for whatever Mike Mills was ready to make. Joaquin Phoenix plays a documentarian who's traveling across the country. He's interviewing young children about the state of the world. Um, Gabby Hoffman plays his sister, and he steps in to help her take care of his nephew. So the movie's really about their relationship, their bonding, and the tension of this young kid, uh, Jesse, played by Woody Norman, who wants to know more about his father and why things are the way that they are with his family. I think it's so gentle and moving. The movie is shot in black and white, like five or six movies this year, but it's interspersed with the audio interviews of that he has with these kids. And it kind of takes on this uh, documentary feel at times, because I think the interviews with the children are actually Joaquin interacting with the kids and the things that they have to say about the world and how they have to grow up in the world that, we've been left with and the responsibility that they have as as kids just really worked on me it's really bittersweet but also just 
gentle. Um, I know that he won the Oscar for Joker, but here he's just really natural and comforting and just really human. And I, I really love, I think Mike Mills is just one of the best filmmakers working today. And I love this movie. My number four movie is Ronaldo Marcus Green's King Richard. Uh, if you know anything about me, you know, since I was a babe, I've loved tennis and I've loved Will Smith. <laughs> boy, oh boy, does this thing out both of them. <laughs> a biopic about Richard Williams, Serena and Venus's father and his training and bringing the girls up to their first ever professional match. Some of the best performances of the year across the board. Obviously, Will Smith and Anjanae Ellis. Everyone's going to talk about them. Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton. But someone who I don't think we'll probably talk about him much the rest of the pod. And we didn't talk about him much when we first mentioned this movie. But someone who's been putting in performance after performance after performance the past five years. Really solidifying themselves as one of the best in the business. Fucking John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. One of the finest actors working, puts in another knockout performance here. A tight biopic that does something that I love to see in this new trend of biopics is you're only seeing a, a, a segment of a life. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need birth to death. Give me the most important moments in that person's life. And this is a perfect example of it with incredible performances from beginning to end. You have a lot riding on, on King Richard, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You have a, you have a bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got uh, financially. I yeah. got a lot riding on King Richard. <laughs> that fifteen dollars gonna come knocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't got fifteen dollars to fix this. I don't got it to give to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great segue to my number four. <laughs> oh, no. oh God! And with this, I'm going to eat my words from a previous episode. In a previous episode, I think it was Moneyball. I said, I don't like Aaron Sorkin. But baby, I like this one. My (laughs) number four is Being the Ricardos. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. I think what I don't normally like about his style and his writing and his directing, I think is perfect for this film. It's quick. It's fast. It's set in like the 50s, 60s era where it just makes sense. Rashawn talked about being the Ricardos a little bit at the top of one of our episodes. And he was like, we, you know, we're nervous about it. We saw Kate Blanchett. We, we thought about Deborah Messing. And then Nikki Kidd showed up and we were like, what the fuck? Um, but Nikki and Javi really do it for me. Back in the back in the back, I used to think the actors <laughs> have to look like the characters. They are not the characters, but the real people. And I really don't think they do so much. I think they do do it well, but I don't even, and me as like a makeup artist, I'm usually like super, no, that's not how she would wear her hair and that's not how she looked. But in this, I feel like that's, it's not even about that. It's kind of stripped away. And like how you said, Josh, this is just a nugget of time that we're focused on. And I love this whole new trend. I don't want to see little baby lucy all the way to old lucy like i ain't got no fucking time for that just give me a week and i'm gonna eat it up give me give me the week and then give me the text screen at the end of the movie as to what happened later a little like black with the white font (laughs) we love it we love it no get rid of that get rid of that no we want to know where they end up yeah 
Do your I'm, research. We we know what happened. Not you, not you Lacey. But don't but ever talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to give me that nugget. It ends at the fucking Friday night show. Don't tell me no more. I'm gonna stay in that movie. Stay in that movie. I'm gonna isolate the audio of you saying do your research and start telling everybody you're an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? An Aaron Sorkin movie that Josh has not watched on Carmela's list. What the fuck is happening this year? Right? I'll watch it eventually. You're gonna love it. Yeah, the twist is you're gonna love it. We have been using our AMC A list a lot. Love it. There is no actor I've seen perform more this year than Nicole Kidman, <laughs> and I haven't seen a Nicole Kidman movie. <laughs> well, with the amount of time, I feel like you've pretty much seen a Nicole Kidman movie. Oh, yeah, I've seen three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's new edits coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait for real? Well, the one we saw with Scream was shorter. Uh-huh. It was, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't go yeah, through like. Wasn't... The she doesn't walk down the hallway anymore. Yeah. There was an audible reaction from the crowd when that started. It was amazing. Way. It was amazing. Editing Rashawn play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can I can do it. No. <laughs> Just give us a heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes. AMC like don't sue me. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us if you bad. Um, I put a documentary on my list last year, and I would be remiss if I didn't include this documentary this year. Um, My number four choice is Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. It is directed by Marilyn Agrello and written by Michael Davis, who also wrote the book about the origination of Sesame Street. It's really rare as an adult that you can look back on your heroes as a kid and like really still admire them and look up to them and who they were and what they wanted to do. Street Gang just gives you a really warm and fuzzy inside look into how Sesame Street got started, the principles that they wanted to incorporate in the show. As an artist, it was really inspiring to watch something about a group of people who were just so passionate and dedicated to the movement and the stories that they wanted to tell, the impact that they wanted to make on children's lives. And they did it with Muppets, with puppets, and with animation and music and human connection. They really revolutionized educational television. They revolutionized television as a whole. And it really is like the man behind the curtain, but it not being, you know, an evil wizard. It's it's Jim Henson and it's Frank Oz. And it's it's these people who dedicated their lives to bringing you joy. They also there's a great quote from it where one of the one of the creators said, we all just really loved what we were doing. And I think that you can tell in, in the early years of Sesame Street, you can tell that we were all just so happy to be there and to be doing what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So as a kid who grew up, Sesame Street was my babysitter a lot of the time. It, it filled my cup. It filled me up. Sign me up. It's, it's on the list. It's on the list. It's very good. I do love Sesame Street. 
Mm. There's no Elmo, everyone. It's before <gasps> Elmo's time, so don't go in there looking for Elmo and be pissed that he's not in Look there. Look at both of the... I thought you loved Sesame Street, Rashawn. When did Elmo come on the on the street? He came around the time Kermit <laughs> and Elmo... So, like, Kermit started on Sesame Street. Probably, it's say, 90s. Okay. I'm gonna watch you get, it. You get, a, you get a bunch of Kermit, so... Aw, Kerm. It was also really sweet since we lost Carol Spinney to see how much Sesame Street meant to him to see his humor and his his spirit, you know, just really reach through the camera. It was it was just mm-hmm. it's very touching. It's very touching. That should have been my fucking resolution because I I need to watch more documentaries. I got I a list. Can't. Let me send it to I you. Can't. I can't do them. I don't know why. This one, yeah, this is it's short. It's quick. It, yeah, the only. They they do go into um, Mr. Hooper's death and they go into Jim Henson's death. Um, yeah, which are it's hard to watch, but it's they deal with it the way Sesame Street deals with it with grace and humility and compassion. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Yay! I'm gonna do it. I am. It's not a. It's not a. It's never a issue of quality, like good or bad, and just like not a doc guy. Yeah. Beautiful. We're moving along. We're back on track. Everyone's back in their corner (laughs) with our number fours. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my man Taylor. What's going on? Hello, hello. Long time no see, my friend. Taylor is from our Moneyball episode this past year. Brought him on to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it went pretty damn well, aside from one thing that we're not going to talk about today. Uh, if you want to feel hear my feelings about daughters and how they should not be in movies, feel free to go back and listen to that pod. Speaking of, um, <laughs> Taylor, we're doing our, our yearly wrap-up, some of our favorite movie moments from 2021. You might not have as many, but you have a valid excuse. Uh, you just spawned life this year, correct? Yeah, I haven't slept a full night of sleep in seven months, so it's been Dope. really great. Shouts out to Theo. Do you have a favorite moment, favorite movie as a whole favorite performance i do and i just did it so it's really fresh in my head i went to a movie theater for the first time in over two years just a few days ago to see spider-man no way home i don't want to sound hyperbolic but i think it might be the best superhero movie of all time it's truly incredible how they stuck the landing on Uh, paper that movie shouldn't work uh, absolutely and i've likened it and this is a whole different topic but Spider-Man No Way Home is everything that makes professional wrestling amazing. It okay, has uh, everything on. that you'd want from a great professional wrestling. You've got team-ups you didn't expect. You've got cameos from wrestlers that you thought were retired. You've got everything. You've got a great storyline. You've got arcs. You've got good guys who are bad guys. You've got bad guys who are good guys. Everything in between. Ah, It's perfect. At risk, I don't want to go too into it because if we're not careful, we'll turn our year episode into just a Spider-Man episode. Which it uh, should be. Quick, just quick, do you have a favorite performance in Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes. H- how spoiler are we allowed to go on this episode? I, I don't want to cross the line. This won't okay. come out till like mid-January. So. Okay, perfect. I think Andrew Garfield in that... Dude. It, he. I think he cemented himself as the perfect, not Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Mike... He got on the same wavelength again. He plays awkward in such a way that like Tom Holland is almost too cool, which is 
crazy because he also plays a really awkward kid as well. But Garfield is just, he does everything from serious to goofy to funny and just like nails every second of it. Yeah, he destroys. That movie is fantastic. If, if you haven't seen it, sorry. That's your fucking loss. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and for the cinephile fans that do enjoy your presence, uh, let's just say they won't be wanting too long. We'll be hearing from you again very soon. Yeah, I hear you need uh, a straight white male again, so I'm I'm back yeah. at you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Uh, uh, you know our sign-off. I hit him with a sign-off we've been doing since we were in the fourth grade. Yep. I'm sorry we came to the party. Um, our number three movies of the year. My number three movie is Zola. Yay. This movie. This fucking movie, guys. It's one of the first movies that I went back into the theaters to see in june late may june mm-hmm. and it was my number one for for a long time it's based on the of course the 148 tweet thread about a trip down to florida um janique Bravo, a black female director and i think she just kind of throws her style all over this movie and it, it's just like a stylish fairy tale it has shades of the wizard of oz it's scored like a fairy tale. The sound bites are, are social media pop up all over the place. I think the main four actors, um, Taylor Page, Riley Keogh, Nicholas Braun, and fucking Coleman Domingo are awesome. And they have like some of the best chemistry on screen together that I thought I s- I've seen all year, really. It's just, it's fun. It's dangerous. Ate it up. I bought it right away. As soon as it was available. <laughs> bought it immediately oh shit i didn't know um, that yeah <laughs> i i loved this movie i think it's a movie of our time and it's just very relevant and dynamite um i'm gonna keep this one relatively short because i have a feeling this movie is going to get brought up again my number three movie of 2021 is mass written and directed both debuts from fran Kranz. Without giving too much away, Mass is a almost single room drama starring two sets of parents, Jason Isaacs, Martha Plimpton, and Dowden Reed Burney, in some of the most profound, powerful, true acting I've seen maybe ever. This movie takes a lot out of you. It's it's very draining, but it's it's a powerhouse of a movie it's incredible i can't wait to see what else frank kranz does behind the camera he is the nerd from cabin in the woods if you're unfamiliar it's on vod right now and (laughs) see it see it when you're emotionally able to my god is it is it a powerhouse of a movie you ever emotionally no you'll never no see this when when you feel like you're at your emotional height like you're never gonna be ready for it like when you're at your readiest check it out complete opposite end of the spectrum for mass um my third entry is coda uh from apple tv a true coming of age to a t story about a young girl named Ruby who is hearing and lives with her deaf 
family and works with them on their fishing boat and struggles with her new newfound love and passion of music and singing and being there taking care of and helping her family. My boss recommended this movie to me months and months ago and she was like, Lacey, I just think you'll love it. I think I think you'll just love it. You need to watch it. And I kept seeing it and I knew I knew that it would be something I would love, but I just kept putting it off for one reason or another. I it just sat with me afterwards. And I saw so many movies this year that I was like, it was good. Good, not great. This was the first one to really knock my socks off. The cast is just impeccable um, to see deaf actors on the screen getting not just featured roles, but starring roles and supporting roles and, you know, the deaf community rallying behind it as a, as a real representation of what a deaf, a deaf family looks like is really exciting. And there's not a single weak link in it and the use of music in it as a connecting tissue between people between family um and how it can resonate you know hearing or not hearing um is a really powerful message and um I just I adored it and I can't wait to see you know what more awards pop up for them as we get closer that's so sweet it's yeah, yeah that's exactly what it, it is it's, it's just so sweet. sweet and good mm-hmm. that that not final moment, but that final intimate scene between Amelia Jones and Troy Kotzer. Where, on the truck. On the truck when he asks her to sing for him. And, you know, he just holds her throat and is there with her. It's such an intimate, beautiful father-daughter moment. Um. So my number three is Licorice Pizza. This is baby's first PTA flick. <laughs> what? Where have I been? To be fair, I told Rashawn I have seen the beginning of Boogie Nights like three times, but I'm not going to count it. <laughs> which part? You know which part, bitch. This movie is so mellow. 1970s, a little high school teens doing their high school teen things. You got a little, you got a lot of comedy. You've got romance. Everybody in this movie, down to just the neighborhood kid characters, are phenomenal. Cooper Hoffman, who plays the lead, is the fact that he wasn't going to act at all and got offered this. I can't. I like what? I'm just like so shocked by that. He is so good. Yeah, I turned to Rashawn in the middle of the movie and I was like, I feel weird saying this, but this little dude is so charming. And I mean this in like, just like, I guess every way. It's just like him as an actor is like, he has so much charisma and I don't know a lot about like Haim or their music. So this is my first watch of like anything and the whole family's in it. And I thought she was fucking awesome. I don't know. I want you guys to see it. I know you have your reservations, but I really want you to see it. It's number three on my list for a reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, I really, really fucking dug it. It is very, very good. But I get it. I get it. We're halfway through, uh, or I don't really know what half of five is, but... Um, Two and a half. 
We're halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Hi, Homer. Hey, Carmilla. What is up? I am so excited to be on the pod. Thanks for coming again. If you guys haven't listened to our Hairspray episode, don't know what you're doing. It's a fabulous episode and even more fabulous because my bestie Homer Gonzalez is on it. Um, I, I think the takeaway from that episode was like how wholesome it is, how it's our like go-to comfort movie. Right. I will say my heart was just recently warmed watching Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, which I can kind of, I'm just obsessed with like school, musical, (laughs) like (laughs) Hairspray, West Side Story, Grease is in there. I love a dance at the gym with like an insane musical number fuck yes choreo costumes story all of the ingredients absolutely Mm -hmm. america we we slayed did you okay because like in the original it's it's completely different it's at nighttime it's on top of the apartment building it's more of a bernardo versus anita and now in this new one it's like the pr is against i don't know everything else kind of it feels to me do i like the changes in this new movie yeah i do i think it's like a refreshing take on the whole story Mm -hmm. and it really does i know like there's people hating on this new reimagining of west side story but to the people that say it didn't need to happen, watching it, it clearly needed to happen. It There's needed. so many stars in this movie, like mm-hmm. such talented people that needed to be in this film. And they're bringing this story back um, for a whole new generation. And I feel like those alterations to the story just kind of refreshed it and revived it in a new way. Yeah, no, I think the change is good. I mean, we all clearly know what was wrong with the original, right? What was, and so, what was wrong? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> this is a, a teaching, teaching moment. <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about that off mic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, like it, it if it was going to be made, ob- the obvious changes had to to happen, right? And I just feel like. Me, myself, I said it on our F is like, I'm always afraid of change just because you really don't know what that looks like. Um, and sometimes, especially we've been burnt before with other movies where it's like, oh man, they're going to remake a favorite. And then it happens and you're like, that's why we don't remake a favorite, right? West Side Story is one of those exceptions where you're like, this is a beautiful reason as to why we should remake them. Mm-hmm. And don't don't get carried away. Don't get, don't remake everything. But this is like a testament to yes, things can happen if you listen to what people want. I mean, it's it's like why I love another reason why I love hairspray is that it's just so over the top. You know, from yeah. the sets to the costumes to all of the characters. You know, like everyone is so memorable. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just about the two, you know, leads. It's... Right, right, right. You really get invested in all of the characters and everyone... The whole ensemble. Mm Mm-hmm. It's an ensemble. To the people that are listening that are like, they shouldn't have made this movie... You know, I'm a fan of the original. They messed it up. I don't even want to give it a chance. If you love West Side Story, if you love the music, you'll love this movie. Give it yeah. a chance. Mm-hmm. Please. It's so good. Watch it once. Yes. Watch it twice. Yeah. It's just chef's kiss. Love it. Well, <laughs> thank you, Homer. Thanks, Carmilla. Happy New Year. And we can't wait to have you on again. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. It's been very, very cordial. It's time to throw a little sauce in the mix. Oh, my God. Because that's what we do over here at WCA. We want to talk about some performances. We're going to give out an award for the best actor of 2021. We only have one award, unfortunately, our... Our award-making machine was broke, so (laughs) it's broke, like the ice cream. I was about to say that! (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have four choices from all four of us, and we need to vote on which performance is the best. Let's do it. All right. um, I'm first. I have two (laughs) Everybody's so stressed right now. (laughs) Two pretty rock-solid ones. That being said, I'm a man of my word. I will put my money where my mouth is. My best performance of 2021 is Will Smith is Richard Williams. Jason Isaacs in Mass. Um, I'm just happy to be here. My, <laughs> my favorite performance, my best male performance of 2021, Coleman Domingo and Zola. Mine goes to Mike Feist, Riff, and West Side Story. Look, look. Mm. I'm going to jump in front of this train here. I know everyone is like, I'm Jason Isaac. He's great. But Will mm-hmm. Smith ha- took the extra step. He's Richard Williams is a very public known figure. And Will Smith dialed it in perfectly. Not only did he do a perfect impression, air quotes, but the performance speaks for itself. I would argue that the power of his performance is not the impression. And I'm not saying that that's that. I'm saying that's just a little bonus. I'm saying power performance, Jason <laughs> Isaacs, Will Smith, neck and neck. Will Smith gets a, one extra point, one but extra point. The movie, one extra to your, point. To your little biopic thing, the movie sends a little video at the end. And you're like, wait, that's not what Will Smith was doing. Yes, it is. At the end I of that? I didn't think so. And I'm not saying he's bad. Not saying he's bad. I'm saying. You said he's playing a very public figure and he nails it. And I don't think he, I think he does Will Smith through Richard. Like Jesse Eisenberg does Mark Zuckerberg? Yes. No, don't compare those two. No, no. Why? Why? Because Will Smith is cool and Jesse Eisenberg (laughs) is not. (laughs) Jesse Eisenberg or Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, we have to separate the two. No, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, yeah, oh. Like... Well, that's one of the best performances of all time. So. <laughs> yes, Will Smith is. No. Um, fuck. I um, am not going to do this again. I haven't seen King Richard, so I just simply cannot vote on that. 
No, let me explain it to you. No. Uh, don't. No. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't no, matter. No. It doesn't matter. Don't. don't waste it. You've seen the other two, haven't you, Mella? Yes. Okay. How have you seen King Richard yet? I fucked up and I like didn't watch talk. it before it went off of VOD. Yeah. Mike Feist, I mean, to quote Josh in our West Side Story episode, get, 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 get replace Ansel with Mike Feist. That's exact Ooh. quote. He could do oh. any role, he said. <laughs> he could do any role. I have it written in ink right here next to me. He is a triple threat. He's the heart of the movie. So I'm not. This is not a versatility match here. This is a match about whose singular performance is best. Those are your this, words, though. Yeah, but I, I didn't. He may be able to do any role, but is his riff better than Will Smith's King Richard? I don't think so. Mike is up there dancing. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't really fight back with you on this because. He could be playing tennis, and I wouldn't know. So Mike's final moment after the rumble, I genuinely don't have words. Like, mm-hmm. I still am so moved by that final moment that they gave Riff, and I think they gave Riff that final moment because of Mike Feist. Yes. Like, it could easily have just been a remake of the original, and we would be like, okay, yeah, sad. But it would just not do it justice because Mike Feist is just so fucking good. Oh, the tears in his eyes. Mm. Okay. Mm. Moving on. Let me talk about Jason Isaacs. Or are yes. you going to, no, you go, you go. Oh yeah. I'm just, um, he's good in Zola. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sean, in he the is same, really good. And he's incredible. In one year he had fear the walking dead, euphoria, Candyman. And he still managed to create an entirely new person in Zola. Coleman Domingo deserves all the things. I would even say two characters in Zola if you've really two. watched it. So when he when he rips his facade off, just drops some menace mm-hmm. into the movie. It's incredible. It's it's just nuts. It's nuts. All he had to go off of was tweets. Tweets. Don't know him. Don't know him. Lacey. I have loved Jason Isaacs forever. His performance in Mass, one of the most controlled volcanoes I've ever seen. Everything that he does up until his big emotional break in the movie has to be, the lid has to be kept on. Um, He's the emotional support for his wife. He is the emotional support for his daughter. We just watched it last night, so I'm still like really, really reeling from it. The only word I have for it is it's punishing. It's punishing to watch. And it's earned by the control and the 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 reservedness and the the compassion that he carries throughout the first two-thirds of the film. I can't imagine what this role would be like to play and just how exhausting it must have been because he really has to ride a roller coaster of the worst feelings a person can feel. I can't decide what would be tougher doing what they did multiple times on camera or 
sustaining that for, for two, two hours, hours on stage. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like you could replace any four of them with your choice, Lacey, and it would just be correct. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. Let, let's vote. We all know. <laughs> we all know. Oh, it's, me. it's me first, right? It's Jason Isaacs. Mike Feist. Yeah. What? West Side Story. I, I forget this. <laughs> Mike Feist. <gasps> what? I did not expect that. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. No, you I... do not. He's incredible. He dude. is. Your pick was literally Jason Isaacs. Are you kidding me? You when you jumped in the bag for Mike Feist, I was like, hold up. Well, well, well. Mello, what's your pick? <sighs> She's gonna say Coleman Domingo just so she, get, she wants to just so she can get Mike Feist to win. <laughs> no. No, it's Jason Isaacs. Well, now we, we have a tie. tie. Lacey, what? You're Sean, just what do we do? So... Producer. You're such a backstabber. You are just. <laughs> and and what are you, Miss Ma'am? Hello, I'm I never here. once said Will Smith was my favorite actor this year. Not I one time. Wanted, I knew you wanted to pick Jason Isaacs, so I went with Will Smith as a kindness to you. Who would you have picked if he had taken Jason? If he had taken Jason, my backup choice was Troy Kotzer in Coda. Well, okay, now well, what? look, I know they're an ensemble, but best actors, Jason Isaacs, best supporting actor, Mike Feist. How about that? This feels dirty. Can you we'll calm down? It. We'll it's keep too it. Late to, like it's it. too late to call anyone to break a tie. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they're not getting, both of these men are Sam's not still getting. Up? Yeah. No, um, let's call Sam. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. You don't know give who him he... any. I won't. Don't give him any. He's seen both. Mm-hmm. He's seen both. He's not going to pick Mike. He's not going to pick Mike Feist. Call I know Sam. that already. That's why he's saying call motherfucking Sam. Well, he's... Why do you want Lacey to lose? Because huh? he's mad that he didn't pick Jason Lacey Isaacs. Would, what the hell? Lacey would win. Oh. Why do you want Mella to lose? Because I want Jason Isaacs to win. Hello? <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> best actor, best supporting actor. Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Betrayal Will's not world. as undeniable as I thought when I heard No, I, I don't. I'm, I didn't expect Will to win. I'm, I'm stumping for Jason Isaacs. I gave him away so I could vote for him. Do you understand? <laughs> oh, I I'm sorry. Think I didn't. Hands down. He's the best I actor didn't. of this year. You didn't what? Yeah. He didn't oh like it. Oh my he gosh. I know. It has, five, it has five stars on his letterbox. <laughs> it's like you dragged me from everything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Hey, Sam. Hey, Rashawn. What's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing much, nothing much. Just here, talking. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Of course. Good to be back. Um, so the last time we saw you, you've been on our Oscar episode, which is so much fun. And then you came back for an Oscar episode. <laughs> sure did. That you lost. I don't want to... Okay, hold, in, but... hold on for just a moment. We need to pause okay. this for one second because... What's up? I didn't lose. 
if Josh had voted the way he said he was going to and uh-huh. given the acting prize to Shakespeare in Love, then Shakespeare in Love would have won three of the four categories and it would have been triumphant. He cheated because he didn't <laughs> want it to win. So I refuse to accept that as a loss. <laughs> Josh, if you're hearing this, you're a cheater. This just in. <laughs> <laughs> So it's the end of the year, or I guess the beginning of the year now, but um, you have been a busy bee. I follow mm. you on Letterboxd. Because I finally got on Letterboxd. Thank goodness. Go follow him. <laughs> what is it just Samuel Erdahl? I think it's just Samuel Erdahl, yeah. Yeah, you give very detailed, respectful reviews. A lot of people, myself included, just try to be funny sometimes. <laughs> you and your those like straight up emoji like <laughs> summary of the movies. I'm like, wait, what? Sometimes is this I'm movie? like, I can't, I can't deal with it. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if you liked or hated Spider-Man. I'm not sure. <laughs> Just look at the emojis, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what movie sticks out to you is the best? Okay. My favorite movie of the year so far mm-hmm. is Flea. Have you seen this yet? Ooh, I have tickets. <gasps> when, 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 when? Tomorrow, I think oh my God. during the day at sunset, sunset five. That's where I saw it. Okay. That's the only place I could find it. It's the so. only place showing it. It is such a yeah. small movie. And it makes me sad that it's not getting a larger distribution. It's absolutely beautiful. I think you're going to love it. I really think you're yeah. going to love it. It's okay. one of the most unique movies I've seen all year. Not only is it a documentary, it is also an animated film And there's also some narrative in there, too, as he's recounting his story. They're kind of assembling a script and they're acting it out as characters. But it's such a blending of genres. But it's it's so captivating. And it's also under 90 minutes. So I love to see it. Yeah, I love to see it. This has been the year of like two and a half hour movies. And I don't know why. I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) It's making me upset. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Sam. Thank you for being on the show. You know how we feel about you. You know how you feel about your show. So you're in the, you're about to be in the aughts, right? We are getting dangerously close. We just wrapped up our season finale for this year. We're done with 2021. We're going to come back in 2022 with the 1996 Best Picture winner, The English Patients. Hmm. <laughs> I just want to know, what are your thoughts on The English Patient, Rashawn? I can't put emojis on a, a recording, but <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Kristen Scott Thomas is ravishing, thing. beautiful, yeah, gorgeous. She's, she's stunning. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I can't wait to tune in. Thank <laughs> you. Happy New Year, and thank you for being on. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take me back to the distance. We're getting down to the wire. We're, according to my math, we're past the halfway mark. Because <laughs> half of five is what, Josh? <laughs> 2.5, baby. Hey. Oh, math. I just, I just learned that tonight. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Our number two movies of 2021. My number two movie. I got an animated movie. is my number two movie of the year. And that is The Mitchells versus The Machines. Lord Miller Productions, they knock everything out of the park. Mitchells vs. Machines, if I'm being totally honest, is probably my second favorite animated movie ever of all time. I think this movie is close to flawless, top to bottom. It's fast and quick, and I mean that those separately. (laughs) It's hysterical. 
it's touching the actions like genuinely really good if you've seen it the furby scene is one of my favorite scenes <laughs> that's ever been put to film <laughs> ever <laughs> the voice work obviously abby jacobson and danny mcbride crush it shouts out to fred armison and beck bennett as robots what like this is just to me this is what an animated movie can be and what they should all should aspire to be it's got adult humor it's got kid humor it's got it's fucking fantastic mitchell's versus the machines a second favorite movie of the year it was so good it was so so good well this is not gonna come to the surprise of anyone what my second and my first star um so my second on my list is west side story second second yes um i mean what is there to say that hasn't already been said in the whole last episode that we just (laughs) (laughs) um so i will just say simply this is a classic remade and remastered Mm. go listen to our episode my number two movie of the year is drive my car um this is a film by raisuke hamaguchi Um, It's a very slow, methodical character piece um, about grief and longing and loss. I don't even know how to summarize this movie. (laughs) It is about, it's a minute shy of three hours long. It's about an actor played by Hidetashi Nishijima. If I butcher that, I apologize. He is directing a production of Uncle Vanya. And he builds this relationship with a driver that the theater company assigns to him because he legally is not allowed to drive while he's doing the production. The production that he's directing is multilingual. So there are actors that speak English, Mandarin, Korean, and there's also an actress who is who is mute. Um, so she does all of her lines in ASL in Korean. Um, so a lot of these actors don't understand one another. And the way in which this movie kind of builds towards them understanding one another even though they don't speak the same language and it kind of weaves the universal themes of of love and and grief because there's quite a bit of tragedy in the beginning of the film it's just a really powerful movie there is a lot of movie but I, i think it earns every single moment up to and including the final moment which is this devastating final monologue from Uncle Vanya delivered completely in sign language. And if you give yourself over to the movie and you'll leave just feeling maybe a little exhausted, but definitely uplifted and and changed. And I just, um, I cannot describe the feeling I had when I, when I left it, except that I loved it. Almost my number one, almost my number one movie, but uh, drive my car is, is incredible. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow. I really went back and forth between my top two and what to put where. When I asked the chat if anyone had seen this movie yet, everyone said no. And Rashawn said, but that looks like a lacy movie. Um, (laughs) And it is top to bottom, in my opinion. People are talking about the wrong Benedict Cumberbatch movie this year. Second pick for me is The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne. 
It's written by Will Sharp and Simon Stevenson, directed by Will Sharp, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Claire Foy, with many, many others. Based on the life of the British artist Lewis Wayne, who painted all of those psychedelic cats and cats in, like, humanoid situations. Basically just his life experience. But you guys, the movie is so, (laughs) it's so weird and artful and beautiful and tragic I know it's not a surprise to anyone here. I had a pretty rough couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago, and I was in a pretty pretty deep, dark place, and I was starting to climb my way out of it when I put this movie on. Lewis Wayne dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety and social anxieties, and it shows a lot of his experiences there, but the comfort and the love and the way that he felt seen and understood by his wife, played by Claire Foy, is what grounded him um, and really made him who he was. And there's a quote from the movie. uh, Lewis says, You make the world beautiful, warm, and kind. And I just want to say thank you for that before it's too late. And Emily, his wife, says, I don't make the world beautiful, Lewis. The world is beautiful. And you've helped me to see that too. Just remember, however hard things get, however much you feel like you're struggling, the world is full of beauty. And the movie really takes moments to transform shots from the camera into literal paintings on the screen and turn scenes into pieces of art. It's very beautiful and it's very hopeful, um, especially for artists. So I highly, highly recommend it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. What's up, Katie? Hello. I brought you on for West Side Story. As soon as I saw it, I had to bring you on the show because you're my musical gal. We were going to fight to the death. And we did exactly that. I love it. It's it's only been a better year because you're here. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's been a better year because I got to join in, except when Joshua Vetter decided to besmirch Mm -hmm. the name of Steven Sondheim, but it's fine. I will never be over it. We'll never let him forget it. Yeah, no, we'll never get over it. No. So we've watched a lot in 2021. Mm. We watch (laughs) movies because what else have we had to do? Mm-hmm. We watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's really hard to narrow down, but what would you say was probably your your fave of 2021 that you've seen? Uh, there's been so many good TV and movie moments this year. I mean, we got so many incredible musicals. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, and The Heights and West Side Story. I'm just going to shout out a lot of things and fit it all in really quick. Um, Absolutely. And then in television, I just watched the Insecure series finale and sobbed. But oh, if I girl, had... Yes. Oh, but wait, that- real quick before you move on. <laughs> yes. So I only watched Insecure season one, right? And I fell off because I think <laughs> I was watching it when I had HBO just as a trial. And I was like, okay, we will mm-hmm. come back next summer. Yes. And then I, I just like completely fell off. <laughs> then I, I didn't, I haven't watched seasons two through two through four. And Rashawn's like, I'm going to watch it because I don't want to get it spoiled. I was like, yeah, 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 for sure. Bitch, I was sobbing like I had seen the whole goddamn show. What? (laughs) I am so mad at you for just watching the ending. (laughs) I know, but it just made me want to 
watch the rest. Like, I'm not the type of person where I'm like, I've seen the ending. I can't watch it anymore. If any, I've done that a lot. And I feel like I'm just going to go back and be like, now I know how it ends. So I get to like put all the puzzle pieces together. All right, fine. I accept. But yeah, no, I was a disaster watching that finale <laughs> start to finish, especially there's one scene. I'm not going to spoil anything, but anyway. It's at the end of an era. That's what it was. I know. That always just brings me to tears. But I have to say my number one moment that I literally levitated off of my sofa for Uh-oh. was that season finale of freaking Succession. <laughs> Cue the theme song. I'm, I'm, as I've said before, I'm not musically talented, gifted. I just appreciate it. Anyway, holy shitballs. What a fucking finale. I literally jumped off of my sofa and gasped very dramatically. Wow. As you know, it took a long time to watch Succession. And I fi- Rashawn finally hunkered me down and got me to watch the first episode. And I think it's, I get it. I think it's such a great show. I just, it's maybe not a Mella's pick, a Mella's choice, mm. but just <laughs> sitting, like being in the living room while he's watching it, I'm like, fuck, okay. I, I get why the, <laughs> the gals are gagging. I totally understand. Totally Put that understand. on a t-shirt. <laughs> the amount of times I have texted you that after listening to the pod. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> have you watched it again? The finale, I haven't, but I rewatched the last like 15, 20 minutes. That final um, Shakespearean father children scene. Oof. Yes, I rewatched that and then I went back. Again, I'm not trying to give out spoilers, even though it's been more than enough time for you guys to catch up, but I went back and watched another scene from earlier in the season. Does it kind of mirror this ending? Y- yeah. Hold up, wait a minute. How did we get here? And then one of my girlfriends was like, we need to go back to the diner scene. And so we did. I'm really trying to tiptoe around things. So we went back <laughs> to the diner scene, rewatched that. We decided, wow. And then, okay, it's so hard, but it's so good, you guys. It's been like, what, a month now? I don't even know, but I'm still shaken to my core. Man, I I guess should I just watch the finale like I did with Insecure? It won't it won't land. Okay. You like, gotta sit through finale. it all to understand. Even then uh, my best friend texts me, she's like, Wow, that was a nice intense scene. Was this the finale? I was like, bitch, what? You have no idea, bitch. Okay, I'm excited, excited for, for Euphoria. I don't know. Did you get into that? I have not watched Euphoria. Girl! I know. It just seemed real heavy. And it's real heavy. You know? Isn't Succession kind of heavy? Yes and no. You can kind of pull yourself from it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I can't relate to these rich-ass people. <laughs> well, this is a fantasy Euphoria, for me. They're in high school. I can't mm-hmm. relate. You can't relate to that anymore. So I guess there's that. Wow, shots fired. <laughs> I mean, what? We're young. I'm in high school. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much. Um, you're always a pleasure to have on our show, seriously. And I, I, I will bring you back on anytime I need some shots fired at Josh because I know you got them. 
<laughs> I am more than ready and excited to come back and fire shots. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, happy new year from happy me and all the cinephiles. We love you. I love you guys. This is my street. I smile at the faces. I've known how my life. It's time to give out another award. <laughs> this is the one I'm like most stressed out about. Me too. I think we all are. <laughs> You know, I always show up to these awards just to have fun. And I don't really care. <laughs> My choice for best actress of the year, right? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I got a backup. You can say it. This is a this is a weird pick. I, best performance of the year? I don't know. My favorite? Yes. Very small part. Dagmara, the Minchik, and the Lost Daughter. Huh. We can talk about it later after I've seen it. <laughs> wow. I mean, you did really like that. I, it, it's a, maybe altogether, maybe about 20 minutes of screen time. When you watch something on screen and you just appreciate how lived in and instantly connected someone is to a part and how integral they can be to a plot without doing much at all. She's incredible. She's great on succession. She locked down Patrick Wilson. We love that for her. Get that back, <laughs> queen. Um, and she's she's so she's so, so fucking good yeah. in this movie, and it's it's not gonna get talked about. This is a supporting performance, and she nails it. Now I'm like, do I just throw a fun one in there? Now you got me. I know you got me hopped up. Maybe it's just because I just watched this, but fuck it. Jodie Comer in the last duel. Oh, no. It's me. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck it. Um, we're all doing a fuck it. We're going we're going to keep it going. Fuck it. <laughs> we, this is a, this is an us round. <laughs> this one's for me, baby. I'm going to go with Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye. Oh, shit. <laughs> I fucking hate the sound already. <laughs> Take us home, I babe. cannot believe I'm standing here with my first choice at the end of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm so happy. My entry is Catherine Hunter from The Tragedy of Macbeth as the Witches. God Fuck. damn, bitch. Anjanae Ellis, we love you and we hope you win the Oscar. But the the cine has to go out to somebody else. You know what I mean? Cute. The cine. Oh, the <laughs> Oh my god, we should like actually make little ones and send them to them. Listen to the pod. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't it wouldn't get past their assistant. We love you. We love you, Jason. We love you, Mike. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm off to speak on Jody Comer a little bit because I think only two of us in here have seen the last duel. Basic premise of the movie is uh, Adam Driver's character sexually assaults Jody Comer's character, who informs her husband Matt Damon's character and he seeks retribution against him in the form of the last duel to the death in France's history. The true story. Um, the interesting thing about the movie that I didn't know about until I was talking about it with Rashawn and just watched it and Sam didn't know about it until I told him is that it's it takes place in three chapters. You see it from Matt Damon's perspective, what his truth is. It, it says Jean, Jean's truth. And you see Adam Driver's truth, and then you see Jodie Comer's truth at the end. So you're seeing some scenes repeated in different ways with different inflections and different and different motivations behind each performance. And it's a really interesting character study on each character. And 
ultimately it comes down to what the real truth is, and that is Jodie Comer's truth. But she has the the heavy, already well-discussed scenes aside, there are some other scenes that she has in the in-between and the quiet of the movie that are just, and the courtroom scene, if you've seen it, you know, are just phenomenal. And I think she's been one of the best actors on TV for the last four years. And she's finally coming to movies. And I think her ability to play strong and wounded and an independent, but also uh, resilient and just she encompasses everything in this character so perfectly and, and flawlessly that it's just good. Can I talk about Catherine Hunter? She literally plays four people. First of all, <laughs> a role traditionally done by four different women um, or people we open the movie and we hear three distinct different voices they all as soon as the camera opens illuminate one and that is Catherine hunter who then contorts her body from the most inhumane crazy little hovel of a hump into this ominous presence that just like floats throughout the movie. I was blown away by her physicality and the way that she maintained this raven-like persona throughout the film. I was blown away by... It was a 2021 female rendition almost of Gollum Smeagol, that back-and-forth personality conversation she had completely alone i literally would have watched a one-woman show of the tragedy of Macbeth with katherine hunter based off of that performance so good might have been better (laughs) 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 yes i mean you're not wrong um sorry dinsey yeah i she completely blew me away she was my takeaway from the movie i love that she is a theater actor that you know, is now moving into film. Um, she made my nerdy little theater geek heart so happy because it was so otherworldly and traditionally macabre and theater esque. Yeah, I just loved her. I loved her. The eyes of Tammy Faye. You you could say what you what you will about the film. It's not maybe your most favorite or the best, but. Jessica Chastain is the fucking cherry on top, angel on top of the tree, whatever metaphor you want to use. She is so good. And the thing is, going watching this movie, I didn't know a lot about Jim Baker and Tammy. I really didn't. I just, not too long ago, like right before the movie, I had never heard of these people before, which is, I mean, crazy, but before my time. In this role, I feel like Tammy Faye, because, you know, after you watch a biopic, you then, like, go research everything about it. Like, oh, my God, were they true to the story? And what I found is, like, Tammy Faye was, like, just such, like, she was just, like, a, a punching bag. Just for everybody. For just, she was the, the joke, the butt of the joke on every talk show. She was just you know, the laughing stock. And I feel like Jessica Chastain gives such humanity to this role. 
that you feel deeply sad, not even by the end of it, but even like halfway through it when you realize you kind of already know what's happening in the story and you just feel so sad for this person as the years go by who just got ripped apart by her friends, her husband, TV, just everybody and still remained a good person at the end of it. And I feel like behind the literal makeup and the actual movie makeup, Jessica Chastain does such a good job. And there's a reason why we all love her. And if you don't watch this movie for anything else, just watch it for her. There's one scene that she has where she kind of breaks precedent and breaks the rules and brings an AIDS patient on TV with her to interview him. And I was just like, oh, that's that's the, that's the clip mm-hmm. when she's nominated that's the clip mm-hmm. <sighs> she's great sean fuck man this is a hard one you gotta tell us about oh uh so the, the lost daughter <laughs> i was about to vote <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of you kind of you kind of mentioned you yeah already yeah i talked about it the lost daughter is about olivia coleman obviously Dagmara is uh, Dakota's aunt, and they're just a part of this big family that kind of overtakes the resort that Olivia's staying in. And it's in her like small interactions with everyone, her small, the looks that she gives. She's just always connected and listening and on. I had bigger performances on my list. I had showier performances on my list, but she's the one performance that I came away out the movie and if I hadn't known who she was, I'd just be like, who the fuck is that? And if I hadn't been watching her on Succession, mm-hmm. there's no prosthetics, no disrespect to Jessica because I love her, <laughs> but uh, like she, she, she's just fully lived in and I, I, I love those kinds of, I love those kinds of performances. So that's all. That's all I'll say. Um, it's on Netflix. I would definitely recommend the movie. Okay, now um, place your vote. <laughs> I know. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. These are all four so good. Um, gotta vote for Jodie Comer. Let's go, baby. Yeah, what she does with the three, the three versions is just yeah. I love just nope. You already voted. My vote goes to Catherine Hunter from Tragedy Macbeth. Ella. Oh. Mine goes to Dagmara and the Lost Daughter. AC has the deciding vote. But, oh no, you guys. She hasn't seen any of them. I haven't seen any of them. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, well, who gave the most compelling argument? No, no. Well, what else do we do? do? Guess we gotta call Sam. <laughs> Who gave the I most? I fail. Nope, it's okay. No, Can it's I okay. just Which win one... by default? No. Which hey. one would you like to see based on those arguments? Hey, that's don't don't be <laughs> upset. This is part of our podcast. This is at the core. We're already doing a wacky fucky run. Okay, but if I was gonna choose one out of those three, it would be Tammy Faye. Then Tammy Faye wins. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Wait, no, what? it was even. Oh, nobody voted for Tammy Faye. Oh. No, I thought we were just whatever she chooses wins. 
I forgot no one. No, because then we're at a three way a four way tie. Yeah. It's girls' night, baby. Four way tie. Can I put it can I roll the dice? Do you guys trust me? Let's roll the dice. Yeah. Mel, I'm proud of you. You you comparatively to when we first started this podcast, your your persuasion skills have skyrocketed. Thanks. I've been practicing. <laughs> Just in the mirror. Yeah. You can fucking do this. I literally you. the I want to see all three of these movies now, but uh, number one, Dagmara. Number two, Jody. Number three, Jessica. Number four, Catherine. We'll spin in the wheel. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is how they actually decide it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we got that Lala Land. I can see it spinning see. in your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The best performance of 2021 is Catherine Hunter. Well, <gasps> son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, well-deserved. Very much well-deserved. She was great. Just for the crow walk alone. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Her arm. <laughs> it's the it's her fucking hand that flaps like a wing. That ugh. <laughs> uh, Catherine, please send us your address. Your, your sending will be sent to you. With a love note from me. Jason, Moment don't send us your address because that'll just, it's not a good look. So we'll forward it to his team. Yeah. I can't, you, y'all can't be trusted with Jason Isaacs's address. What do you mean? You can trust me. <laughs> oh, you I can trust, trust you least of all. <laughs> uh, our best performances of 2021 we have Jason Isaacs in Mass, Mike Feist in West Side Story, and Catherine Hunter in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Those are three powerhouse performances. And Arsenio Hall in the <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. I am here again with two of the lovely hosts of I Drink Your Podcast. I have Emily. Hi, everyone. And Ben. Hello. Thanks, guys, for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Always. We're so happy to be with our favorite people in the world. I mean, we're missing three of them, but to be fair, Rashawn, you are our favorite. Okay, I was going to ask, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have to pull it out of you. <laughs> so the last time you were here was almost a year ago when we did The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Ugh, don't remind Emily. me. <laughs> Has there been a, a musical... That you've watched this year, or have you watched The Greatest Showman again because you loved it so much? I will not be revisiting The Greatest Showman unless I'm drunk off my ass. So, <laughs> actually, I think you go the... to Vegas. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think the only musical I have watched in the last year is Sweeney Todd, but then technically we also saw Once and Hairspray. And, and Enchanted. Shit, and Enchanted. So, like, really stuck in 2007. I haven't even seen West Side Story yet, so. Ooh, so you've, I mean, you've been watching a lot of musicals. Well, there are four fucking musicals in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best one? Of those ones? Mm. Mm. Movie musicals or just musical in general? I'll just pick one. That might be different. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I would probably have to pick Once or Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I love Hairspray, so that's the one I'd go with. There we go, Ben. Yeah. I was looking for the right answer. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whatever. S- sorry, Emily. <laughs> it was good. Like it, it was really, yeah. really fun. But as a movie, I think it was just good. Not very, very good. <sighs> we didn't come here to fight, so I'm going to be nice. <sighs> Fine, whatever. I'm going to let you have it. 
Uh, ben, I'm sure you've been watching a lot of movies this year. What's something that stuck out to you? Yeah, so the one that actually stuck out to me, most people probably wouldn't even classify it as a movie, and that's Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm. Because the experience of seeing that for the first time and it coming out still well, well, COVID was raging and it being this very pandemic thing, it just connected with me so much. And I was able to relive a lot of the feelings I had in those early days of the pandemic through Bo Burnham and his songs and his art. And it was just, it's an experience. And the way that he manipulates light within that space to make it feel like you're, you're as if it's a movie, like you're moving between sets and Mm -hmm. it's all just takes place in one room. It's, it's genius. And I can't give enough accolades to the guy, so I want to call out that work every chance I get. Are you a big Bo Burnham fan? So I I wasn't until I saw Inside. And then once I saw Inside, I went back and I watched all his other stuff and was like, oh my God, like, why have I never heard of this guy before? And Are you serious? I thought yeah. for sure you knew about him beforehand. Nope. I mean, I, I had seen him in Promising Young Women and, and really appreciated what he did there. And I saw Eighth Grade. But his stand-up comedy is something that I was not very familiar with. Same. You're just too old, Ben. <laughs> I oh. guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he is of the YouTube era, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was in the same boat with you, not really being aware of him outside of the director and actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch it. I don't have the appreciation you do have for it, but I respect it so much because Josh and Lacey really responded to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that it, it did something for you. So there's something about musical comedy that white people mm. really latch onto. <laughs> Sean is something I've learned. So I... I'm gonna I'm gonna work on tapping into that. I, <laughs> I know enough white people that I yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try it out. Emily, I watched a grand total of 11 movies from 2021. Oh. I'm very proud of that fact. <laughs> I, is that a big number for you? It's a big number for me because okay. I've been watching, first off, all of the 2007 movies. Right. But mm-hmm. then also, I don't really watch a lot of movies when they come out. Just mm-hmm. not really a thing that I do. But the one that really stood out to me this year was The Green Knight. That movie mm-hmm. fucking rocks. Yeah. I I can't even handle how much i love that movie and the fantastical mysteriousness of the lore and the mythology the different colors how it was shot how it was so ethereal and acted so well everything Mm -hmm. about it i I can't even handle how, how awesome it is and i know it definitely takes a kind of person like me or someone who really, really loves film to probably appreciate it. I don't know how many normal moviegoers would find value in it. Maybe they would, but it was such a piece of art watching Dev Patel and all of these other characters, just the textures of everything and the cinematography of everything. I was blown away by it. I think that was one of, if not my favorite endings of the year. Really? Yeah. It's that writer in you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that last line is just uh It's so good. Fuck, you, you did that. Yeah. Great yeah. job. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And I will say, I think I have a little bit more love for it because it was the first movie I saw going back 
in theaters like officially you know Mm -hmm. yeah in that year and so just being able to see that with my sister yeah it it was just a really meaningful experience well i just want to say i'm so happy about the relationship that we've built with you guys over the past year or so i think we both started around the same time our shows Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um i just really appreciate it so as we in this year and start the next year i'm i'm glad we'll I think we're probably going to get to see each other in person pretty soon. For real? Yes. Yes. So, and we'll definitely be on back on your show and have you back on ours in a few weeks, I think. Um, So, yeah, I just tip my hat to you all. Thank you all. We love Um, you. Yeah, thank you so much. The most. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, you as well. (laughs) You too. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Before we wrap this year up, we're going to look back and look forward at the same time. Joshua? Yeah. Last year, your most anticipated movie of the year was Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to 2022, what are you most anticipating? My most anticipated movie of 2022, I recently mentioned The Mitchells vs. the Machines. It's my second favorite animated movie of all time. My most anticipated movie is the sequel. It's my favorite animated movie of all time. And that is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Oh, I'm so excited for this movie, you guys. Lord Miller can do no wrong. Most anticipated. Wait, is it's a two-parter? Yeah, this is that? Part 1. So it's going to be a trilogy, ultimately. I see, said the blind man. Okay. Say what? They recently announced that each universe they go to is going to have a different animation style, similar Whoa, to how the different cool. Spider-Men, mm-hmm. how the different Spider-Men were, but they'll be in the universe now. So it'll be Miles's like that's CGI cool. in like the anime universe. That's Bro, cool. and Oscar Isaac <laughs> is playing Miguel O'Hara. Bro, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Robert Pattinson. Sorry. We'll be talking about him soon. Yeah. Lacey Blake, better. Yeah. Last year, you were most looking forward to Raya and the Last Dragon, which we loved. 2022. What are you excited for? I think I'm going to say Legally Blonde 3. (laughs) I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Well, Mela, we're not going to talk about what you were most anticipating for a few seconds. But where are you looking forward to this year? I also had Legally Blonde 3. We had to go. We had to go at midnight together. I mean, it's being written by Mindy Kaling. What the fuck? What like, more do you hello. need? Yeah. Most anticipating Candyman, as well as False Positive. Bummer. Yikes. Sad day for both. But that's okay. I'm really happy they were made and that I got to see them. So for 2022, we got Netflix. We got Fastbender. We got Swinton, and we got David Fincher, the killer. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fincher is back in his serial killer bag. Hey. Murder me, daddy. It's a sweet spot. Cannot miss. I, I just don't see how this movie fails. Fincher, my favorite director of all time, period, point blank. Whatever you do, I'm in. So let's do it. 
It's going to be a good fucking year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good year. There were so many choices I wanted. So many. Yeah. Disenchanted yeah. is coming out. Pocus Pocus. Nope. Pocus Pocus. Blonde. The Batman Beach. Jordan Peele coming back. Nope. <laughs> Can't wait. 2022 is going to be good. Okay, you guys. Y'all ready to wrap this mother up? Yes. Uh, our number one movies of 2020, 2020 were The Old Guard. Wolfwalkers, Palm Springs, and His House. That was a great list. I still, I still agree with that. So uh, let's get to our number one movies of 2021. Yes, Rashawn. My number one movie was my most anticipated movie, and that is In the Heights. Yay! Feels good to like knock it out of the park. On your- Oof! Feels so good. Three times back to back. So good. I'm a street light choking on the heat. The world spins around while I'm frozen to my seat. The people that I know I'll keep on rolling down the street. But every day is different, so I'm switching up the beat. Because my parents came with nothing. They got a little more and sure with poor. But yo, at least we got the store. And it's all about the legacy they left with me. It's destiny. And one day I'll be on the beach with Sunny writing checks to me. I mean, I I definitely gushed about it at the top of one of our episodes. And I just feel like I really fucking hit the musical jackpot this year. I mean, Tick, Tick, Boom was in my honorable mention. And then I had West Side Story and now this one. And two of the musicals on my list have the Hispanic culture in it, which is like super huge. I don't know what it is about this one. Like I really tried to like write something long and beautiful and everything about this but I, I don't know there's just something like when you watch a movie and you're like I can't describe it but I just fucking love it that's exactly how I feel about this movie like I didn't grow up in New York and I'm not Puerto Rican or I'm not this or I'm not that but there's something that just resonated with me I just love it, it it's definitely one of my favorites of all time now mm. yeah I love it yay Y'all already know this is coming. <laughs> you know what the fuck time it is, baby. It's doom time. Let's go. Defiance in the eyes. Like his father. Leave us. You must do everything that my father mother tells you. You dismissed my mother in her own house. Come here. Neil. How dare you use the voice on me? Put your right hand in the box. Your mother bade you obey me. I hold at your neck the gom java. Poison needle. Instant death. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box. And you die. Number one movie of the year. Dune. This movie was fucking tailor-made. For me, do you understand? It's got really wordy, confusing sci-fi. It's got action scenes starring Jason Momoa. It's got fucking cool effects. It's got Denis Villeneuve and his incredible camera work. This movie is like sci-fi perfection to me. I understand if some people may not like it, Mella. (laughs) But... This movie 
is okay with that. And it, 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 you can tell that this movie came to term, has come to terms with it. And Denny has come to terms with it immediately. Like this movie is a sci-fi movie. If you don't like it, refund your ticket down to its <laughs> bones. The action sequences are incredible. I can't wait for the sequel. I can't wait for the spinoff series. Dune, bitch. Dune. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be surprising that it's my number one. But my number one film for 2021 was Mass. Please just tell me what you mean by that. When you talk about blame on your part, I want to know what you're referring to. There is nothing that wasn't covered in the depositions. But I want to hear it now. We never filed against you. We never took part in any of that. Maybe a better way than interrogating is to, to learn Fine. what we remember. Fine. So, tell me what you remember. Tell me about your son. What would you like to know? Everything. I want to know everything. Why? Why do I want to know about your son? Because he killed mine. I don't have the accurate words for how this movie moved me, how the performances inspired me and drained me. It's a punishing watch. It's an exhausting watch. It's powerful. And I think the overall message of the film is healing and hope. You know, we we actually talked in the thread a couple weeks ago about what was the last movie that made you feel like, damn, I love acting or damn, I love movies. And this was the first movie to really rock me to my core where I was like, oh, I love this medium. I love the way that we can tell stories. It is a masterpiece. And I, I just cannot recommend it enough. All right, Rashawn, so far we have uh, three movies that could not be less similar. (laughs) (laughs) My number one movie of 2021 is a film called Boiling Point. I'm going to try to talk about this movie and not cry. But full transparency, we're filmmakers, we're actors, um, but we're still working towards our dream and things are hard, but... Uh, I've spent a lot of my time in the food service industry. And this movie, it's a British film directed by Philip Barantini. And it is about one night for a, a head chef on one of the busiest nights of the year during Christmas time. And it is shot in one actual continuous unbroken shot. Mm. And um, Everyone from the back of house to front of house to the customers, every single actor, every single person behind the camera has to be working in complete sync for this magic trick to work. And it starts at the top of the night with a a staff meeting and it goes all the way through to the end of the shift. And there are no like magic going through a black hallway or dark hallway cuts it's it's unbroken completely so everyone has to be on their a game what's that say oh dear it's a fucking joke isn't it and it's her first week so it's my responsibility not a first week in any fucking kitchen though is it there's a million kids out there who would die for this fucking opportunity that you've been given Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! 
Andy, it's time and time and fucking again. You're not doing the orders, man. I can't do my work. I didn't do them last night, did I? I'm sorry, I apologise. I apologise if I said sorry. Andy. Hello, mate. Namaste, chef. Namaste. Good to see you, mate. Nice to see you. This is critic, Sarah Southworth, as you know. It's stressful. It's terrifying how accurate it is. And it's like a microscope on people who are just... Like I talked about Miss Juneteenth last year, who are just doing the best that they can in the circumstances that they're given. And there's one moment early on um, that it's a character beat that focuses on a, uh, a really supporting character. You don't see him much before and you don't see him after. Uh, it kind of reveals something very personal and secret to him. And it's done in such a subtle way. And the reaction that it provokes from another character is so delicate. And in a different movie, it would be so melodramatic. And I haven't stopped thinking about it. I think this movie is just masterful. You can rent it. I don't know where else it's playing. But I have not stopped thinking about this movie since I saw it. It's It just felt very personal to me because, you know, we're all just trying. We're all doing our best. And I had more entertaining movies on my list. Halloween Kills could have been my number one at some <laughs> no, no, point. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this movie just uh, affected me deeply and surprisingly. And I'm, I'm so glad I found it. I'm so glad I watched it. My favorite of 2021. Amazing. Just shot to the top of my want to watch list. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Confirmed. Four movies that couldn't be less similar. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, you guys. That's a good list, dude. Only wait, is that only one repeat? Mass, just mass, right? Just mass, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Damn. Those are great list. I love you guys. That was very fun. This is my favorite episode to do. We've only done two. It's <laughs> <but. laughs> cor- cordial enough too. Yeah, but that's it for this very special episode of When Cinephiles Attack. A huge thank you to every single one of our amazing guests. Corliss, Raymond, Taylor, Homer, Katie, Sam, Ben, and Emily. Thank you all so much. Can't wait to have you back on the show. Go out, find their choices, find our choices, find your own choices, just as long as you're watching movies. Uh, But the biggest thank you of all to our listeners. We are here because of you. We're here for you. And without you, there would be no show at all. So thank you so much from the bottom of all of our hearts. Unless you haven't rated and reviewed, then you get a fuck you from the bottom. Josh, it was so nice. It was so nice. But on brand, you know? Uh, It was too sweet. Like Rashawn's movie and then followed by this was too sweet for too long. (laughs) It wasn't. He was itching. He was itching. Goodbye to 2021. 2022. Let's see what you got from Rashawn. Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. Bye.